You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. He's committed, he's proven, he's ready. Missourians are in good hands with Andrew as their attorney general. That was Governor Mike Parson announcing Missouri's new Attorney General, Andrew Bailey. He came to the job from the office of the governor, where Bailey served as general counsel. Just one month into the job, he finds himself embroiled in a drag show controversy and has pledged to review every lawsuit filed by his predecessor, Eric Schmidt, who is now a United States senator. Andrew Bailey calls himself a constitutional conservative, and he joins us now for his first appearance on Up to Date. General, welcome and Congratulations on your appointment. Hey, thank you very much for having me. It is a privilege to serve the people of the state of Missouri. It's the 44th attorney general in the history of the state. Tell us why you wanted the job, Andrew. Well, I love the Constitution. I love the rule of law, and I love the people of this state. And if folks out there like those things, too, we probably have a lot in common. But that's what motivates me. Why did you go into the logs? I know you're a University of Missouri School of Law grad. Yeah, I mean, I I just have a real passion for the law. You know, I want to use the law to protect the Constitution. I'm a textualist. I believe in enforcing the laws as written. We can use that to defend the state and support the counties. And I'm also dedicated to training up a new generation of public service-minded attorneys. And I think the Attorney General's office is well-positioned to accomplish those objectives. I know that you also served in the Army. What did you do there? Well, I was an armor officer, so I was trained on tanks. But when I got to my unit, I was assigned to an armored scout platoon. So I had six Bradleys and 30 soldiers, and we trained Iraqi soldiers, and we actually were involved. My platoon was selected to participate in what I believe was the largest offensive operation in 2005, Operation Restore Rights in the city of Talafar, Iraq. And I served under H.R. McMaster, who was my regimental commander, who went on to be President Trump's national security advisor. How did that experience uh, mold you and shape you? What kind of, it certainly must have had a sharp impact on you. Well, it does. I mean, it, you have to grow up very quickly when you're making decisions and, and lives are on the line. And it was a privilege to get to lead soldiers in combat. But that experience taught me a lot about who I am, a lot about leadership and management. And those are skills I bring to the attorney general's office. At the end of the day, I was willing. You know, I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution, and I was willing to put my life on the line to do it. And that's a commitment I will never abandon. Are those Bradleys the same tanks that the U.S. is now supplying to Ukraine? I believe the uh, the M1 Abrams is the, the main battle tank that's being uh, supply, supplied to the Ukraine. The Bradley's an armored personnel carrier, but in the armored cavalry regiment, it's used as a scout vehicle. Huh. Yeah, there was some pushback when the governor said he was going to nominate you. Some Republicans said you didn't have the necessary experience to be attorney general. What did you have to say to that? Well, they clearly don't know me very well because I practiced in state, municipal, and federal court. I've tried civil cases to include the, what's, what's called the death penalty, death penalty of civil law 
I've tried felony jury trials. I've traveled all over the state trying cases, have deep relationships with law enforcement agencies across the state. You know, I'm not sure that, and also being in the governor's office and seeing from a client perspective how the law firm of the state of Missouri should operate. You know, I'm not sure there's anybody better positioned with that spectrum of experience that they could bring to the table to do this job. Now that you've taken over the attorney general's office, you know, it's the largest law office in the state, I believe. What what kind of uh, job is that to manage an office of that size? Well, you know, it's a monumental task, but I feel like I'm up to the challenge. We've got about 300 employees, about 200 attorneys. We've got five regional offices. But, you know, if I go back to my days in the military, at one point I was in command of an armored cavalry troop that consisted of 300 soldiers, 15 different platoons across a thousand kilometers of battle space. So, again, those are real life leadership skills, real life management skills that I bring to the table to, to lead this organization. Andrew Bailey, Missouri's new attorney general, is my guest. The governor, when he announced you, said you did a lot of work on his agenda in recent years. He pointed to your efforts to end elective abortions in Missouri and strengthen the Second Amendment. Is it your feeling that the people of Missouri, if they had a vote on the abortion issue like Kansas did, would side with the state's tough restrictions on abortion, or would they go the route that Kansans did and say that women do, in fact, have a constitutional right to an abortion? I believe that Missourians feel like I do, that Missouri should be the safest state in the nation for children, and that includes the unborn. Just that simple? Yes, sir. You know, likewise, I'm wondering about your work on the Second Amendment. Kansas City is seeing record numbers of homicides in recent years, and leaders here say that lax gun rights uh, laws are contributing to the mayhem on our streets. I gather that you don't agree with that assessment. Do I have that right, or how do you see it? Well, look, the Second Amendment is intended to allow people to defend themselves from and their property from criminal behavior. We need to do a good job of enforcing the laws as written, and that's one of my priorities. But we've got to wrap our arms around our law enforcement officers and and defend, never defund the police. We've got to back the blue and allow them to do their jobs. And then prosecutors need to hold wrongdoers accountable for their actions in court. We've got room in DOC. So if offenders are breaking things and hurting people, they need to go to prison and, and, and spend time there in a rehabilitative setting. That's the solution to the crime problem. It's not going after guns. It's going after criminals. We'll be right back. So when you talk to city leaders in the Kansas City area about what's happening here, Andrew, what counsel, what advice do you give them about about how to proceed with reducing homicides here? Well, we need to it's, it's got to be a holistic approach. And I certainly understand that I would rather live in a world where no one ever has to call the police. I come from a prosecutor's background and I would have loved it if there had been no crime and we had been put out of business. That would have been a great world to live in. But the reality is when people are breaking things and hurting people and the police are called to the scene and a a police investigation is is underway. That investigation gets referred to a prosecutor's office and the prosecutors need to evaluate that case to hold people accountable for their wrongdoing. So I would encourage them to look at the laws we have on the books, make sure we're enforcing those laws and the state has resources ready to deploy to assist. You know, the, the attorney general's office has more than 100 years of combined prosecutorial experience on one floor of the attorney general's office. And by statute, we're allowed to assist local prosecutors, especially when they've got violent, violent crimes 
and cases involving violent crime. And so we stand ready to deploy those resources to assist where necessary. I'm wondering, that's for the back end of the problem. Once the gunplay has taken place and someone has been charged with a crime in connection with it, I'm wondering, what about uh, preventing some of that gunplay to begin with? What would be your prescription on that end of the, of the equation? Well, nothing stops a bullet like a job. So we need more workforce development and people need to get back to work. If people are, are working and providing for their families, they're less inclined to criminal behavior. And so nothing stops a bullet like a job. Let's get people back to work. Let's develop the workforce and create opportunities for them because safer streets equal prosperous communities. But there have been lots of job openings here in the Kansas City in recent years. Uh, getting uh, people access to jobs hasn't been an issue, and yet the gunplay has continued at record levels here. Well, then we need to d- disincentivize people from staying home instead of working. We need to get people back in the workforce, and there needs to be incentives to do that. Um, there's a controversy at a Columbia Middle School that I wanted to ask you about. This concerns a musical drag show performance at a diversity breakfast attended by middle schoolers. You sent uh, letters to the Columbia Public School District and city officials accusing them of violating laws aimed at protecting kids from sexually explicit material, Andrew. The group that performed said, hey, the performance was, and I'm quoting here, completely G-rated. Why did you get involved in this, and where is this situation headed? Well, this is about protecting children for me, and that is my my main focus. You know, the school systems need to be about education, not indoctrination, and parents need to have a say in that process. The General Assembly has enacted a statute that instructs how human sexuality, it controls how human sexuality is to be taught in our schools, and it has explicit provisions where the curriculum has to be published, and then parents can opt in or out of their child's participation with that curriculum. And so the the drag show, it doesn't matter if it was G-rated, PG-13, R, or X. The drag show itself is an outward expression of a desired inward sexuality, and it emphasizes sexual characteristics that appeal to the prurient interest. It is inherently sexual. It teaches human sexuality, and that that violates the statute because it was not included substantively in the curriculum that the General Assembly has allowed, and the parents were not properly notified of that the drag show would be part of the celebration. And so that's my problem with it. All legal options are on the table. We're still continuing to look at that situation, but in the meantime, the, the school officials who knew or should have known that the drag show was going to be part of the celebration have a duty to resign now, resign or be terminated. And that'll start to restore the trust between the schools and the parents in this instance. So some, from a legal standpoint, where do you think this might be headed, Andrew? Well, there's a lot of options. You know, we're still looking at those, but we will continue to move forward. And I anticipate rolling out more initiatives on this issue in, in the coming days and weeks. You've already made it clear that you're running for election to the office in 2024. You haven't held the office long enough to know if you like it or not. Why announce so early? Well, I I tell you, I love the office, and I I love being the the head of the law firm for the the people of the state of Missouri, like I said. Love the Constitution, love the rule of law, love the people of this state. We get to work on that that stuff every day, and if you like those things too, I think people are going to support us because uh, they, they believe in that mission. You've already got competition from a fellow Republican. It looks like a primary is shaping up and you're already having to raise money. So you're having to hit the ground running awfully quick here. 
Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, nobody said it, it was easy. Nobody said there were days off. But my history, in my, my personal history, I've demonstrated a commitment to excellence and a commitment to doing the right things for the right reasons. I, like I said, at the end of the day, took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution and was willing to put my life on the line to do it. And so that's my bona fide. So what's the big issue on your plate these days, Andrew? As you look ahead uh, to the weeks to come, what can Missourians expect to come from your office? What, what's, what's concerning you these days? Well, it, what concerns me the most in the, in the uh, currently is the rise of the federal administrative state. And it, it's a rule of law issue. States are the vanguard in the fight against this pernicious rise of the federal administrative state. And state attorneys general are the, the tip of the spear in that fight. And I'm excited to be leading that effort. We're going to continue to fight back against federal overreach that infringes upon our state sovereignty and it infringes upon our individual liberty. So we saw a lot of lawsuits out of your office during your predecessor's administration. That's Eric Schmidt. I'm hearing that you're going to continue that pattern going forward. We are absolutely going to keep up the pressure on the Biden administration and fight back in order to protect Missourians' constitutional rights. Okay, that's Andrew Bailey. He's Missouri's new attorney general. Uh, general Bailey, thanks for joining us today, and uh, thanks for your time. Much appreciated. Hey, thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me. You bet. Up to Date is produced by Zach Wilson, Reginald David, Elizabeth Ruiz, Zach Perez, and Hannah Cole. Our intern is Claudia Brancard. Our announcer and engineer is Paul Nakatura. Our theme music is composed and performed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.